0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Reed Reed Wilkins Wilkins on on Oilers Oilers Radio, 6.30 chat. Kane took the penalty in Chicago against McDavid,
1: but now he makes a steal. He dishes. Back hitter score. Patrick Kane. What a move on Cam Talbot, and he wins the game for Chicago 4 3 N-O-T. Well, quite a game tonight in. at Rogers Place. Patrick Kane, the overtime winner, 50 seconds into the extra frame. Big story for Chicago. Jeff Glass at the age of 32 making his NHL debut, and he comes up big. 42 saves. Chicago 4, Edmonton 3 is the final. The Oilers scored two goals in the final 2-19 to tie it, both of them with Talbot on the bench. The first time the Oilers have scored a game-tying goal in the regular season with an extra attacker since February 12, 2015 in Montreal. They wound up winning that game in overtime. Todd Nelson was the head coach. A little bit of a trivia there for you. But... Chicago gets the two. The Oilers have to settle for one. They are six points out of a playoff spot now. They were five coming into tonight. Minnesota got a win over Nashville to get to 43 points. Oilers at 37. Hawks get up to 41. All right, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown inside Rogers Place, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. You know, Rob, a lot to talk about in this one. And I I will say this, after that first period, the Oilers controlled most of the play, Chicago had a push in the last two minutes, got a goal, and I remember thinking, man, 1-1 after 1 when you dominated a period, uh, the door was open for Chicago.
2: Well, a wasted opportunity, and you and I have talked about it over the last number of years. If you dominate a period, you've got to be rewarded at the end of that period, and if you're not, you're in trouble because you throw your best, they throw their worst, and at the end of it, if it's not a clear-cut victory for you in that 20 they're going to get better, you're not going to be as good in the next period, and they're going to get a bounce. And it always works that way. Uh, the, as the game went on, I, I thought the Oilers were dominant in the first. I thought the second period was fairly even, and it had the Oilers got a little puck luck, they probably could have been in the lead. And then the third period, up until the last two minutes, Chicago was the better team. They, they kept the forecheck going, they didn't allow the Oilers anything out of their own zone. And what's funny is, uh, I'm not sure who did the interview with Connor McDavid, but before the game he talked about the Winnipeg game and they had the 6-on-5 and lots of chances. He goes, we've never scored 6-on-5 ever since I've been here. We pull our goal, we've never scored. Well, tonight they scored 2, and and they get that point, and an an all-important point, but also I think uh, they wasted a point tonight because this is a Chicago team that is not the Blackhawks we've seen of old. Uh, I don't think they're near as strong a team, and they're playing a goalie in net who had a great game but as a goalie net that has been a career minor leaguer making his first ever start. Well, look,
1: and and I'm probably going to anger some people here, and I I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but we have to evaluate what we saw. And... The guy won his first NHL game at the age of 32. That's a huge story. Absolutely. I also think Jeff Glass was very fortunate several times tonight. And now people might be mad because it's his first NHL game, but that's what I saw. And if I were saying about Henrik Lundqvist, you'd probably say like, yeah, good goalie who got some bounces.
2: Well, then that goes back to the part that I talked earlier, the the puck luck. The Oilers had no puck luck through the first 40 minutes. Uh, A number of pucks that were behind Glass, uh, that were along the goal line, that bounced, that he couldn't find. And the others weren't able to pounce on them. And you got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. And Glass made saves. He had to. But very fortunate. There was a, I think it was a Strom shot in the third period. Uh, a, a, oh, Kara's fro- floater. Yeah. It was a Kara. Sorry, Kara floats it through and it goes through him. And uh, Seabrook's able to keep that one off the post. And another one bounces out. It, it, there was a number of pucks that were in the paint around him. But eventually that puck luck ran out. As the second goal by the Oilers, Nugent Hopkins went, that Seabrook, trying to to stop it with his hand, deflects it through the legs. Then at the end, the puck, three puck bounces. Eventually, it comes to dry settle. He's able to finish the play. So, Glass, I give him credit. 42 saves is still 42 saves in the NHL. But the Oilers should have taken advantage of a Chicago team playing back-to-back, and this is not the same Chicago Blackhawk team. Uh, But they do have Patty Kane and he's he, very, he, very he, good. He was
1: outstanding. Jordan Osterley, former Edmonton Oiler, first NHL goal tonight. And speaking of how some of the things went in this game, Osterley shot hits the goal post, hits Talbot in the back, and trickles over the line. Strom had a similar situation in the second period, and the puck didn't have quite as much on it. And Connor Murphy made an outstanding yes. play, I should say, to, to poke it to the corner. So the Oilers do salvage a point. Uh, And, and, you know, Rob kind of summarized it. At times, they played extremely well. Uh, At times, uh, they didn't. Uh, I mean, Cam Talbot made some pretty big saves Mm -hmm. as well. It's funny, Rob. There were two saves uh, that Talbot made in the third period. One schmaltz cut in, and the other one... I didn't note who shot it, but it was when Maroon was tangled up with a player, and everybody was watching the action at the other end. And Chicago got an odd on me, and on both on both occasions, there was other activity on the ice that I think most of the fans were watching because usually those saves would garner uh, a large reaction and applause. And Talbot just kind of made them, and I was like, "Geez, I would have put it away for Chicago," and uh, everybody was kind of distracted.
2: Well, the Blackhawks—they they leak, they leak defensively. And this—I mean—they've got Seabrook, and they got. Keith, who both at times looked uh, almost ordinary tonight, but after that, there's a big drop-off. They don't have the depth they've had before. So you knew that sh- the Oilers were going to get chances. So Talbot making two or three saves in the third period, keeping it at two goals, allowed the Oilers they get one, then they get the chance to pull their goalies. So uh, they don't seem big at the time when your team is losing 3-1, but if any time the, the Blackhawks would have scored to make it 4-1, I mean, you, the, the whole bench would deflate, the whole stadium would deflate so the fact that Talbot made a couple big saves in the third, keep them within striking distance, allowed the others to come back and get the point.
1: 4-3 Chicago takes it you can reach us at 780-496-0063 Leon Dreisaitl involved in the goals that tied it and then won it on different ends, his comments for GCL Diesel, for genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL, in the, West, uh, GCL in the West End or online at GCLDiesel.com
3: I don't know that's a disappointing finish, on Just maybe take us through what happened on the overtime winner. Well, you made me look like a junior player. That's what happened. I know it was a high at the end to get those two goals and to come back. What happened before that that maybe you guys gave that game back to them after? What was a good start for them?
0: Uh, yeah, I think we started started well um, we had our chances couldn't capitalize and then a um, few individual mistakes, especially by me um, you know caused us to to go down two goals um, you know we battled back, but um, you know i'm pretty pretty
4: disappointed in myself just sitting looking at the big picture here you guys get the point uh, I'm sure that's nice, but no moral victories I guess at this uh, stage for you guys
0: uh
4: yeah, it's nice to get the one point, but, um, again, um, you know, I caused us the other point, um, and, you know, that, that, that's really all there is. Thanks, now. Read that, slow and settle.
1: All right, Dreisaitl disappointed, so he got the game-tying goal. He said Patrick Kane made him look like a junior player on the game winner, and that's what happens in overtime. You get a forward on a forward, and, uh, I mean, the Oilers have won games that way, too, mm-hmm. so it bites them tonight, but, uh, you know, Dreisaitl referencing some other mistakes he made didn't clear it in the second period while the Oilers were shorthanded. The Hawks turned that into a goal, and he was involved in the too-many-men call and the Oilers actually had seven yeah. guys on. the I mean, Russell skated off, and they still had two defensemen on, and Dreisleitel was, was standing there as well.
2: I, I actually thought the, the referees had missed it because they, they had seven guys out for a while. Then they had six on the ice for a good seven, eight seconds. So it wasn't like it was a, a mix-up at the bench. There was a, a complete mix-up. Guys were on the ice. I thought they missed it. Uh, they eventually catch it. I think the constant yelling by the entire Blackhawk bench probably right. caught their attention. But it, it wasn't. it wasn't... A normal dry sidle night we saw with with the face-offs he was getting eaten alive by by Jonathan Taves who he's done that to many a player over his career uh, he didn't play a whole lot in the third period I hadn't seen him out there until he came out and scored that goal and then the overtime goal I mean uh, there's nothing you can say to uh, about that I mean what you're trying to do three on three you're trying to find a mismatch And you're trying to find it by getting the puck in the hands of your best player against somebody who is not used to playing that position. And they got Patrick Kane. And Connor McDavid, with his speed, creates so many things. And he's the best in the world with his speed. I don't know if there's a player in the National Hockey League that has better hands than Patrick Kane and is as shifty as Patrick Kane. So when it was one on him between him and Dreisettle with no support for Leon, Leon was in trouble. And Patrick Kane not only made him look silly, then he goes and makes an unbelievable play on Talbot as well. Uh, it, it was a tough night for Leon and for the Oilers. Uh, but going back just a little bit to the point we talked about not taking advantage of, of, of a situation, winning a period. The Calgary Flames and Anaheim are on tonight. Anaheim outshot Calgary 20-5 to 5 in the first period. And they weren't rewarded. Second period comes out. Calgary totally dominates the Anaheim Ducks. If you don't get rewarded for dominating a period, it always comes back and bites you, and the other team comes, and we saw that tonight.
1: And Anaheim, by the way, is leading Calgary early in the third 2-1. Ricard Raquel just scored as we checked the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Also tonight, Stars over the Blues 4-2, Jets over the Islanders 4-2, Wild over the Predators <laughs> 4-2. Hurricanes win on home ice 2-1 against the Penguins. Flyers take down the Lightning 5-3. Detroit beating the Rangers 3-2 in a shootout. Senators win at home 5-4 against Columbus. Sabres beat the Devils 4-3 in overtime and the Avalanche knock off Toronto 4-3 in overtime. Here at Rogers Place, Chicago 4, Edmonton 3 in OT. Canadian World Juniors lost in a shootout 4-3 to the United States today. right, 780-496-0063 we'll bring Diego onto the show. Hi Diego. Hey. Hello.
5: How are you boys? Great
1: quite well. Um, I just wanted to ask about what some of these
5: decisions Todd is making, I find very questionable, and I think he's really hiding the obvious. Things such as, I know it could be Shirelli as well, but I think Camilleri is not good enough to be in the league right now. I think he's good to have if someone gets injured. Slapachev should be on the team, no question for me. Um, In the last few minutes, we're looking for a goal. Lucic is not having the greatest game. I think Jesse should have stayed with Connor on the line tonight. I don't know why Connor is not playing with Leon way quicker. I think that's another obvious that I, I don't know why I didn't do it way sooner. I mean, we did get kind of lucky in the last few minutes, awesome for nudes and stuff, but I just really think sometimes Todd is really hiding the obvious and just not doing the things that can help us win games.
1: Well, it's interesting you bring that up because a month and a half ago, all we were hearing was break. McDavid and dry up, so Diego, I mean, fair comment, you're saying he didn't go to them sooner tonight, I mean, if you lose, um, you're going to get criticized, I was a little bit surprised about the kajula puli switch, though, because I thought puli was having a good game.
2: I agree, it may, but at that point, maybe he's putting puli there to get that line going, so I, the Oilers are losing, they weren't scoring goals, so maybe they did it that way, as for mixing it up, or who they had out in the third period, I mean, it's... Kinda hard to argue the fact they scored two goals in the last two minutes with the way that he set it up. So I'm not gonna argue with Todd on that one because they got it done.
1: Actually, McDavid was not on the ice for the tying goal. Larson, Maroon, Nurse, Dreisidel, Nugent Hopkins, and Pulliarve. That's what the game sheet has. Yeah, he hadn't gotten out there. He not so he would have been coming out in yeah. the next wave or perhaps probably well, maybe taking a defenseman off. Probably one of the probably Larson would have come off. Well actually
2: when you're the best player, you take whoever comes off first. <laughs> so it didn't matter if it was a defenseman, a winger, a forward. Uh, if Connor McDavid's at the door, he's taking the first player to come off the ice. Well, I wonder what they did there because Talbot was on the bench, though. But he might, but it, he could have been just on the ice, too.
1: No, he went, he went out with the minute two left. I wrote it down, and they scored with
2: 54 left. Connor went out and then skated all the way up. No, 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 said, no. Oh. Talbot went oh, to the bench. Yeah, But Connor may have just come off the ice from the shift before. Oh, though. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, Probably. Probably yeah, because and, and it had, was Maroon and Nugent Hopkins. And they still had a timeout if the yes, puck would have been. Frozen. Because Lucic but, yeah. wasn't out there either, so that his line had just gotten off the ice.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I I understand the questions about deployment, and I'm not trying to discourage people from asking them. But I, I mean, McClellan goes into a game with a plan. I, I think he notices things about the players and knows things about his players mm-hmm. better than those of us observing do, and I mean to put it in, uh, I mean it's kind of like saying, well, y- y- in football, well, you call the running play and you didn't gain three yards when you needed three, so why didn't you pass? But I mean they're calling that play for Before, a reason. Yes. They think it's going to they they think it's well, going to work.
2: And the tough one on this one is what he did worked. They scored two goals in the last two and a half minutes to tie the game. So it, it did work, what he had out there.
1: All right, let's go downstairs and hear from head coach Todd McClellan, courtesy GCL Diesel. For genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com.
3: Todd, how can, I mean, you've been asked this before, but how can you be 85% penalty kill on the, ro- on, on the road in 58? It's the same players you're using to kill the penalties. Absolutely. It's It's the most baffling thing. Tonight, and it seems like I, I explain something different every night when I talk about our penalty kill. Tonight, we cheated on the first one. We're going for offense, and we cheated. And the second one, we shouldn't have been penalty killing. Uh, too many men on the ice, uh, completely under control, didn't need to have it, and uh, lost a draw. They shot it past guys, and Telves and, uh, was a little bit screened. But I can't explain why we're 30% swing on home and away. So is this a... Point you'll take, or was this a point you threw away because you started the game so well? A bit of both. Um, you know, we had we had numerous chances uh, to um, take the lead and, and take some of the will away from them. They stuck around and they stuck around, and uh, they started to take our will away from us. I thought we got frustrated because the puck wasn't going in the net, and as a result, we uh, we got a little loose. They ended up scoring obviously on the power play, but. Uh, we were able to come back and, and earn the point. Uh, but it was a frustrating night for, for our team and for some individuals. Dreisaitl, um, Dreisaitl said he felt, his quote was Patrick Kane made him look like a junior player on that final play. Uh, he was disappointed in himself for a few of the mistakes he made. I know that you sat him in the third period there. Just take us through his night, the low, the high of the goal, and then for that finish. Well, the good was the goal and the bad were a few mistakes. and. Patrick Kane can make a lot of players, um, you know, look like that uh, in a one-on-one situation. Um, they had the puck the whole time in overtime, and he made a great play and a great move, and he's done that to many, many uh, players in the NHL that, that are very skilled and talented, like Leon is.
4: Nugent Hopkins said for the game, maybe you guys could have got more secondary chances on glass, obviously big saves, but did you feel you guys generated enough there? Um, Were we around the...
3: His performance overall and trying to solve them throughout the game. Well, He played a game and a lot of times you get that from a goaltender playing his first night. He's waited his whole life to get here. and um, I thought he was a rallying point for their team. Um, Made some tremendous saves. Um, We talked about uh, being in and around the eyes and getting secondary chances. Have to watch it again, which we will... Overnight and tomorrow to see if we were intense enough around that area, but we had 45 on him, and um, you know, give him credit—he uh, he played a hell of a game. And we've seen that movie here before uh, with with backup goaltenders or emergency type goaltenders that we uh, that we don't beat. Todd, your, your team game had a pretty good pace heading into that break. It's just two games since then, but is there something you're sensing is missing that maybe you had in your stride before? No, I, we were a very smart team in Winnipeg. We've beat that up enough already. I thought tonight we were impatient, and uh, we had some performances from you know, key key people that we count on that weren't quite up to par. And um, you know, it's it's uh, it's the frustration part that got us tonight. I thought we got away from our game and got frustrated a little bit.
1: Well, I think that was mostly evident in the third period because mm-hmm. Chicago controlled most of the third period. Blackhawks win four three in overtime, and that's the, the weird thing about tonight. Oilers uh, controlled most of the first period, and it was one one after one. Chicago controlled most of the third, had a three one lead, and the Oilers got two in the last two nineteen to dramatically tie it up. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Cam on the line. Hey Cam, go ahead.
5: Hey boys, how's it going? Doing great. Merry Christmas! Happy New Year! Thanks. Doing yours today quickly, Joe. Uh, really unimpressed with those kids having to play in that environment, like dangerous. So um, I don't know what you guys thought about that. I,
2: I, 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 I don't think it'd be dangerous. I think it. It was dangerous. There were guys tripping on a rut behind. The well, okay, mat. that no, part. Yeah, okay, I did see that. You're I, I, I,
1: Cam, I said before the show with uh, with Bob that I was. I was mesmerized, both because of the spectacle and because I thought it was kind of embarrassing.
4: <laughs>
5: hey, guys were catching. I mean, guys were catching. Like you've got, you've got a, a billion dollars worth of worth of, of talent on the ice, and guys are catching their their blades and rats.
2: Yeah, having yeah. having said that, you go to Long Island. It's this the ice is the exact same there. It's horrible. Not so. Sure.
1: But I, I didn't like that a game takes three and a half hours no. to play because well, you're always having having a, to shovel the snow. The snow and, but they wanted the spectacle. They wanted forty plus thousand fans there. They, they got that. Cam, we got glass standing by, so you got about a minute here. Yeah. Uh,
5: okay. Well, just quickly here, I was going to say, Rob, one of the things I talked about before the break was about. Uh, talked about toe caps up ice and d zone and you would said that well we i think i'm my own defenseman but three straight games we've had guys with their backs turned with with the puck going in the net so it's just something if you get a chance to go back and look at that just have a look at it like, whoever's whoever's working with our d in the d zone something's wrong then i was going to say it's good to see Koyarby. i i i gotta really question the decision to not keep him after camp that's 4.5 goals on the pace he's on right now. That's an extra 4.5 goals this team scores this year in, this first, in the first 15 games. So whoever let him go out of the camp has to
1: be some question marks about that. So. All right, Kim, we appreciate it. Well, I I mean, personally, I didn't think Pooley Harvey was one of the 12 best forwards. No, on the he camp, wasn't. So they, so they sent him down. But yeah. he's, he is playing really well lately. One of the big stories tonight, Chicago goaltender Jeff Glass, 32 years of age, finally makes his NHL debut. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees.
3: dreaming about this moment for a long time. Uh, did it live up to the dream? Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> a little more
0: exciting than I needed to be at the end there, but um, unbelievable goal by Kaner in overtime, and feels pretty good.
3: They fired a lot of shots at you. Did it it help to just get lots of pucks and feel it a lot?
0: Sure. Uh, In the first period, it felt nice to touch the puck. I'm sure if I didn't have any shots, I would have been sitting there wondering what's going on. But uh, it felt nice to touch the puck, get some saves early, and then uh, it kind of felt routine after that. And mm, we have a great team here. It's just easy to uh, kind of stop the puck back there and just do my job. At what point did you know you were starting today? Um, two in the morning when we got in, and they told me last night uh, when we got off the plane, kind of got to the hotel. So I was able to get some sleep last night and get a morning skate in and kind of go to work.
3: Yeah, did, were, did you have a chance to watch any of that World Junior game today? and did you think about? maybe way back when yeah. when you were in that spot and kind of full circle?
0: Yeah, no, actually it was on when we got here and it was just going into overtime and then the shootout. So I uh, tried to kind of get ready for this game, but it was, it was on my mind and it's always good memories from the World Juniors. So it's kind of this time of year, I guess it's, I'm, I'm kind of lucky. Most guys do this when they're 22,
6: 21. Uh, no one's waited longer for this start than you. Was there ever a moment out there? Did you give yourself a chance to drink some of this in? <laughs> Not yet,
0: not yet, but um, I'm sure I will at some point. Right, right now I'm just trying to help this team. Uh, we're in a playoff hunt. Uh, our star goalie's out, so my job's kind of to fill the gap right now. And um, You know what, tonight was just a step in, in the right direction, and, and hopefully we can uh, kind of continue this now. Parents here? Parents are here, wife's here, uh, two-month-old daughter flew in, so yeah, I'm pretty excited to see them right now. How many are going to have in Calgary, I think? Uh, a few more than I had today, so, yeah, it was, it'll be good. Uh, it's exciting. It's it's something I've always dreamed of. I never thought it would actually come true. How
6: does this compare to the K- KHL?
0: The KHL is great hockey. It's uh, it's a little more east to west. The KHL, they'll uh, they'll stare you down on a scoring chance and still look for a pass, which is uh, a little different than over here. So, um, the KHL really did a good job to prepare me. It was, it's great hockey, super skilled players, and uh, kind of gave me the chance to get, to get here and do what I'm doing now.
3: What's the longest flight in
0: the KHL? Uh, my last year with Minsk. I think we took one that was like 13 or 14 hours. We had to stop for gas because the plane didn't have enough gas to get there on, on one on one trip. So, um, yeah, we, we crossed like nine time zones. So we we. Got Got there uh, in the morning of game day, and then he slept all of game day and woke up for the game. So backwards but yeah <laughs> <laughs> Life Is there it. ever a moment during that stretch of your career where you never thought you'd seen it the, the light of day in the NHL uh, you know a moment that you just sort of given up on that part of your dream yeah of course there's, there's always times when you when when there's doubt and when you're playing over there and things aren't going well but uh, I got a great support group I got a great uh, group of family and friends and coaches trainers that have helped kind of push me in the summers and during the season and um, it, it, I can't you know, that's kind of the people I think of right now when something like this happens is all the people that kind of helped me to get here.
1: The superstar players, Rob, are more fun to watch. The underdog players are more fun to listen to their stories.
2: Oh, absolutely. And what an incredible story he has. And with a happy ending. And, and I love the fact that he talked about that his parents and his wife and his child are all here at the game tonight. Uh, those, those are cool things. That, those things never happened when I played. You didn't, I mean, we weren't flying people in all over the place to come see it. But for him to find out at t- 2 o'clock in the morning, and he was able to get everyone here in time to see him not only play his first National Hockey League game, but also win his first National Hockey League game. So as much as you're an Oilers fan, you got to uh, appreciate what this kid has gone through to finally make his NHL dream come true. Jeff Glass,
1: 42 saves. He's the first star tonight. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, three points. He's the second star. Patrick Kane, the overtime winner, is the third star. Jesse puglia is the fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Puglia-Yarvi winds up with a goal and an assist. He played 2024 tonight, six shots on goal. He is not at all
2: reluctant to shoot the puck. <laughs> well, when you, when you can shoot like you can, you may as well. I, but, I mean, I don't know if we can find it. That's got to be close to a career high for him, too. Over uh, he did have, oh, minute wise. Minute it's wise. He's over big. over 20 minutes he played. Well, tonight. he had games last year. He played seven minutes. Yeah. Well, there, uh, there'd be months got, last year he didn't
1: get 20 minutes. They got the ice time for this year. His previous high this year was. Seventeen thirty nine home game against Toronto.
2: Yeah, well, when you play well, you deserve ice time, and you get the the oh, coaching Yeah, he, he certainly has. He played very well t- in tonight's hockey. Hawks
1: beat the Oilers four three in overtime. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have another gentleman named Cam on the line. Hey, Cam.
6: How you guys doing? Pretty good. I'm Long time listener, guys, and a veteran Oiler fan. I just want to make a point here. Uh, my observation: you have a world class. Playmaker, we see McDavid, and I love everything that's going on with you. I love Dry Settle, I love Pully Harvey, but you see McDavid is just that level, several levels higher, you know? But we don't have a world class finisher. Goaltending, defense, bad penalties, bad power plays, all of this stuff we wouldn't even be talking about because all of the stuff that McDavid does on the ice, the freebie goals that he throws, he does all the work. He just needs somebody to bury those, you know? Gretzky had Curry. Gretzky was a world-class talent, but he had a world-class finisher on the other side. And it's always McDavid doing all the work. Imagine if there was somebody on the other side who actually did some of the work, and McDavid was once in a while the finisher, you know, it's predictable. Unfortunately, at times on the power play, you see McDavid doing it. You know, he's going to tease somebody up, and everybody's just waiting. You know, but what you do, we just don't have that. And Like I said, I love what Drysaddle does. I love the wingers that they've had. I think Pouliarte has the most hope. Yep. he's fed. He's fed McDavid back for a couple. That McDavid was surprised, and he got a couple of freebies to bury. You know what I mean? Well, but I... if you just had that that finisher on the other side. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I
1: think they're I think they're hoping Arby can be that. I mean, no, world class. I don't like that's if you're talking world class, but that's it, like the top 15 guys in the league. But, but might, that's who
2: they're hoping. Yeah, my question to you is who does who does Patrick Kane have as a world class finisher? Who does Sidney Crosby have as a world class finisher? Those are He's other just, stars. It, it's 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 much it's not easy to find that. So it, I mean, Connor McDavid, you're right, he doesn't have uh, a Yari Curry, but neither does Kane, neither does Crosby. Um, I'm thinking of other stars around the league. Um, G- Getzlaff I don't even know who else would be considered a superstar in, in there. I mean, Stamkos does have Kucherov, and that is a and that is the best line in the National Hockey League. But there's a lot of really great hockey players out there that. They do the majority of the work, and they don't have yeah. that one guy. Well,
1: I mean, even if it's not world class, though, I think we, I think we know what Cam is saying, though, like you know a, a well, guy who's a more of a mid range threat. But not every team has one. But, but
2: then again, I mean, Kane doesn't have it. Neither yeah, does no, Crosby. I mean, Cro- uh, I believe, I think McDavid's got better line mates than Crosby has. Another
1: point uh, Cam made about McDavid being predictable, uh, and this Bob was referencing this. I think Specter brought it up on Bob Show actually. Elliott Friedman in his 31 shots I, I quote, quoted an anonymous coach saying that once McDavid starts shooting on the power play, mm-hmm. we're all doomed. Because right now we know he's going to pass. So
2: well, and it was like, take well, that for what it's worth. Well, it's what, when we talked about the end of the first period when the, the two-on-one that McDavid had Hold with Lucci. Lucci. Yeah, and, and as every goalie in the league knows there's a 99.9% chance that McDavid's going to pass the puck. Now, mostly, the pass is so good and so quick and the player gets it off so fast that it doesn't matter that the goaltending's guessing pass, but it's, it was in the old days. Everyone knew that Gretzky was passing to Curry, uh, yet they were, the pass was so good and the execution was so great that it still worked. But yeah, you're right, uh, players, they evolve, they learn more. Uh, one year, Wayne Gretzky decided to shoot all the time, he scored 92 goals. So Connor McDavid, as great as he is, he's still learning how to play the game and he, each year he's going to get better and better.
1: Hawks win it 4-3 over the Oilers in overtime. We're back after your headlines. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions
2: this Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian
0: House Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed
6: Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan.
1: Quite a finish tonight at Rogers Place. The Oilers were down 3-1. They scored twice with Cam Talbot pulled in the last two and a half minutes. Then Patrick Kane in overtime, the final 4-3 for Chicago. $75 donation tonight to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice and Oasis of Freshness in a fast-paced world. $25 per goal throughout the season. Follow the total on the Oilers page on 630chad.com. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. You can call 780-496-0063, and we have Robert on the open line.
7: Hello, Robert. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Pretty good. Well, well, I have a couple thoughts tonight. I was, uh, I was at the game tonight, and I thought, well, the Oilers, the Oilers dominated the first period, as you guys talked about earlier. When when they didn't come out of that with the one nothing lead, it was uh, seemed uh, seemed as if they were they were in a in a bit of trouble. But you know, it was it was nice to see, even though they were behind three one in the last two and a half minutes, there it was nice to see them battle back and tie it up. But but I mean. In overtime, Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane. And, you know, and uh, like you guys said before, Kane,
2: uh, Kane can do that to anybody. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was. Uh, that's what the, the Blackhawks are looking for. They're looking for a mismatch. And they got Patrick Kane in open space with time against a forward. And it was just a matter of if someone could get back and help out dry sidle before Kane got the puck to the net and they couldn't. So it was, it was a great setup. By the Blackhawks, and it all started with they got the puck off the draw, and, and controlled play. Once once you get the puck in three on three on through, it's three on three. It's hard to get it away from the other team.
7: Yeah, no, no, no. And my other my other my other thought today would be on the uh, the play of Glass, the rookie goalie for Chicago. I mean, you know what? I'm I'm happy for the guy. You know, 13 years bouncing around. You know, seven years in the KHL, he finally he finally gets a shot at the, at the uh, you know the uh, the big show, and he he took advantage of it.
1: Yeah, he did well. I I mean, I I still stand by what what I said, that I think there were some some bounces that other nights might go in, but they didn't tonight. So full credit for his first career victory. Thanks a lot for calling, Robert. We appreciate it. The three-on-three overtime continues to be uh, entertaining. The Oilers did have the puck. Off the hop, weren't able to do anything with it. And then it, it just it changes so much because there's never a dump in. Nick, uh, Nick Schmaltz, who had a pretty good game, I thought yeah, he got three assists good. as well. He's an exciting uh, young player. I mean, he cut into the slot and made a nice move, cutting across the ice one on one. I think he was against Sekara. And he was in a good position, like a, not a great position, but a good possession to, to take a wrist shot. I mean to me there was maybe a 1 in 4 chance Sekra might recover to get his stick in front of it and he didn't shoot it. Like that shows you how the vitality is in le- like they you almost they almost don't shoot unless they think it's going to be a goal.
2: Well they and they have to because if you don't score on your shot you've given possession to the other team and now you're tired. Right. and now they're coming back they're skilled players are coming back at you and you're tired and you're going to be the team chasing uh, the Blackhawks did a good job when they made their plays they defended they put their body in between the puck and the defender so they just they kept screening off or, or setting picks up to allow them to make the easy pass and they just kept rotating, rotating, rotating until eventually they had the two Oiler players up high dry settle stuck, stuck down low and Patrick Kane and when Kane got the puck uh, well it was just magic it's it, it simply was he made as as leon said he made him look like a junior player and then he went in on cam talbot and cam was fortunate to get the piece of the first one but wasn't able to stop it the second time so uh, a world-class player scored a world-class goal to win a hockey game
1: and here is patrick kane for bdo first Call debt solutions bankruptcies and consumer proposals licensed insolvency trustees
4: it's gotta be a great feeling for him and um you know a little scary there at the end with giving up too late but he played unbelievable he was the only reason we were in that game uh especially that that first period when they were they were buzzing pretty good so amazing amazing performance by him you gotta feel so happy for him and uh just seeing his smile there after we won and uh, how happy he was that uh I can make anyone's night. It's a tough grind of a season. Is it nice to have something like that, something different, something to get excited about yeah. rally around? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, I think uh, we all know Glasser pretty well. I, uh, we, he, he was at a, a camp this summer with us, and uh, he came up last year during playoffs. I mean, he's the nicest guy in the world. Um, couldn't say a bad word about the guy, and I don't think he would hurt anyone. Uh, and he's just uh, um, hes a great goaltender, and uh, just for him to kind of be a journeyman and, uh, you know, wait this long to, to get his first career NHL start and for it to be close to home for him and the way he played tonight, I mean, you can't really write a, a better script, um, so got to be ecstatic for him and I know we're all jacked up after the game. Um, probably happier than a normal win in the regular season um, just because he was in that. Three power play goals, how encouraging is that in the last two games? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've you know, I thought last night we were moving it pretty well, the last two or three were a little bit ugly and then tonight we had a good, uh, first power play, um, didn't score on it, but we still had the momentum, and uh, we felt good about it, and then, uh, you know, we make a, Dunks makes a great play on, uh, on yeah, Dabrinka's goal, Schmaltz, great pass, um, and then the other unit steps up, too, so I'm sure it was, uh, it was good for Oshley to, to score against his former, former team, too, but, yeah, we get that going, I think everyone gets a little bit more confidence, and uh, start feeling the puck a little bit better offensively. How would you approach the overtime, because they are so dangerous three-on-three. Three. <laughs> you can't get on the puck, um, that's the thing, but... But um, I think we approached like any other overtime. Just try and keep the puck. Don't really force any sh- any shots. Um, but I think we, we did a really good job there. You know, we kind of uh, held on to the puck a while. Um, didn't force any passes. Maintained control. And I think they're a little bit tired out. Maybe they were even looking for a change at one point and uh, just saw an opportunity there and, and went for it.
1: Yeah, Patrick Kane, great move around Dreisaitl. Got his own rebound off the post to beat Camp Talbot on a really nice deke. Chicago beats Edmonton 4-3 in overtime. No Japanese Village goal light tonight, but we do turn it on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Then you can go to 630chett.com slash Oilers, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, Sirius Gord is on the line. Gord, thanks a lot for calling.
8: Thank you. Um, Merry Christmas to both of you, and uh, I guess it's not too early to say Happy New Year. Same to you. Um, struggling with a bit of a cold here tonight, guys. Uh, so for the past few days, I've been hitting an a Costco-sized bottle of Alberta Premium Rye instead of uh, wasting my weak taste buds. Wasting my good bourbon on my weak taste buds. <laughs> but Mr. Leahy would be proud if you uh, ever watched the Trailer Park Boys. Um, on the game and actually the Oilers tonight, uh, if you do the math and you look through the schedule, we need to win around twenty-eight or twenty-nine Elroy wins or something like that. And well, there's no gimmies in this league anymore. Certainly, I would agree. I would think um, this was one of those games that I think you guys would agree they needed to get two points tonight. This was this is a game that they shouldn't have lost by the margin of a bounce or two or a, or a missed ref call. They should have won this game going away and didn't capitalize, um, and that was a bit frustrating. What frustrated me more in terms of Oilers individually was Lucic. He just seemed so disinterested. I don't know if you guys got that vibe. He just never seemed to engage. Uh, Seeing glimpses of him on the bench, he just sort of was content to drink his water bottle and and not not, uh, get involved with the rest of the team. Uh, And that's pretty frustrating for the amount of money he's being uh, paid to play the game. And uh, and to spare my voice, um, Patrick Kane I'm sure you guys probably feel the same way. I just find him a fascinating player to watch. Um, He reminds me of a bird of prey. He's very efficient when he doesn't have the puck. He swoops around, either moves towards the play, where the play is headed, or lets the play come to him. And while the goal he scored uh, to win the game was was very impressive, some of the plays he made away from the puck to get the puck were, were really interesting to me. And I have a question to Rob. As, as being a great goal scorer in his own right, what is it that impresses you most about uh, Patrick Kane,
2: Rob? Um, to me, he, he's a lot like Pavel Datsuk where the, the puck always finds him, and whenever he makes a play, it's always the right play. He's got incredible patience, which yeah. is hard to have in the National Hockey League because the game's going so fast. And then you add that to the fact that He's not a big player, so uh, you can have patience if you're a big, strong player because if someone comes to you, you can absorb the hit like a Mario used to or a Yarmer Yager. They can absorb the hit so they can make a play a little later than most players because they're not going to be pushed off the puck. But Kane's such a small player, for him to have the patience that he has just shows you how good his hands are. So to me, it's, it's vision, it's patience, and a tenacity about him too. He, he, he hounds pucks. And when he gets it, I agree. To me, he's in the top three players that I would pay to watch night after night after night because yeah, he's exciting absolutely. every time he touches the puck. And the other, my other favorite player to watch was, was Pavel Datsuk, and he and Kane are a lot alike. They, they make plays that you don't expect, and they make pretty plays, like just silly pretty plays and it's fun to watch. When you've been around the game, you understand how hard some of the things that he does and, and does them with ease, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe he pulled that off. So I was not shocked that when he got the puck on his stick late in the hockey game that it was a pretty play that won it. Gord,
1: oh, good well, to hear from you, buddy. Really appreciate your call. Have a great New Year. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to Chicago. We are looking for a finish. The play contestant at 780-496-0063. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630
7: check.
1: The Oilers are now 17, 18, and 3 on the season, 8-10-1 at home, 7-4-1 and one in December. Patrick Kane in overtime. Chicago takes it 4-3. Ryan Nugent Hopkins a goal and two assists. Jeff Glass for the Hawks. 32 years of age, first ever NHL game, 42 saves for the victory. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 10-48. We're going to have Dave finish the play looking for an eight-day parking pass to JetSet U Park, courtesy of JetSet Parking Park, cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. Kellen, let's have the clue here. Wingles joins that fray, Kempney trying to protect the puck, Cassian had the stick swatted out of his hand, John Hayden tried to pinch down low to help out, out of the scrum, wrist shot, blistered off the post, and what a chance. Mike Camilleri firing it off the post, Dave, Mike Camilleri played in two World Juniors for Canada, did he ever win a gold medal? Uh, I would say no. That is absolutely correct. You must have paid attention to my interview with him a couple of days ago, right? I did, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling. Stay on the line so Kellan can take down your info. Uh, Camillary with a bronze and a silver actually said felt a little better coming home with the bronze because at least they won their final game.
2: That is the weird thing about those tournaments. You, yeah. you you win the your last game getting a bronze. You lose your last game getting a silver. You just feel better about yourself. Either way, you don't feel as good, though, as if you win the gold.
1: Gary was a winner on the face-off show. He knew that Fred Saskamoose, who was honored tonight for being the first indigenous player in the NHL, played for the Moose Jaw Canucks before Chicago called him up in 1954. Gary gets a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery, courtesy of Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with armor at armorinsurance.ca. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins mentioned he had a three-point night. Here is the nuge.
4: All right, Ryan, uh, you guys battle back there. You got the point. Um, I mean, big picture, the point's nice. I'm sure you guys are happy at the comeback, but you guys really have get the second point?
9: Yeah, I mean, definitely <clears throat> in the overtime situation, we know it can kind of go back and forth, but you want to get that extra point. But good job of us kind of sticking with it and um, being resilient
4: to, to fight back like that. You mentioned sticking with it uh, glass sort of run on no one for you guys you guys eventually found a way to beat him in the end there uh, to, to get the point, but what was uh, it like going against him tonight? Yeah,
9: no, he definitely definitely plays a solid game for them. And, um, I think we put a lot on him um, Maybe we could have got more second third opportunities, but that's kind of how we ended up scoring two of the three goals anyway so um, <clears throat> no, he did stand tall in there for them and um, found a way to break them at the end, but um, disappointed they couldn't get
4: that second point. And the start was really good for you guys as well. What maybe be changed in the second?
9: Um, I thought even in the second we weren't too bad. I mean um, we got that power play which kind of obviously set us back and then another power play in the in the third period, but um, that push at the end for us is something that we can build on. Um, Even though we had a ton of shots, I still don't think that was our cleanest game. I mean, um, we know when we play well and um, and when we don't. Um, Tonight probably wasn't our best game, but we still found a way to push back and uh, uh, and claw our way back in it. Is there anything you guys as a team are seeing differently in your PK on the road versus home?
6: Because on the road your numbers are great, but here it just hasn't been good.
9: I don't know what what the difference is right now. I mean, obviously the, the numbers are drastically different, but um, I don't know, I can't put my finger on uh, something specific.
4: <clears throat> Read that's Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. Thanks a lot, Brendan.
1: Nugent-Hopkins gets his 15th goal of the season that leads the Oilers. The penalty killing at home will have to be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. I mean, it's down to 57. Where's that note I made, Rob? I think it's 57.8. It's below 58% now uh, at home. And their penalty killing is 85.1% on the road, which is the fifth best penalty kill on the road. And Todd was asked about it, and he said, I don't know why it's 30% different. I, and I mean, it's if it were bad all around, bad, then that's one thing. yes. Would, no, that wouldn't be a good thing. But at least no, maybe but you're working on specific things. But I mean, that, that it's it's crazy, and you just feel when they take a penalty at home, oh, here comes a goal.
2: Well, you're right, and the the Hawks scored two, and probably should have had three power play goals. Their first power play was outstanding as well. They didn't get rewarded for it, but you, you just you can't win hockey games if your penalty killing's that bad. Um, especially when you're a big physical hockey club and want to play that way. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, the the opponents on Sunday, even without Shifley in their lineup, are, are a very good power play hockey club. And I think I, I glanced at their game tonight. I, I think they had a couple power play goals again tonight. So if you want to play against Winnipeg, you've got to be physical because they're big and strong too. But if you take penalties, now you're putting yourself into a, a tough position because you can't kill and they can score. So it is a tough uh, thought on on, on what you do to correct it when it's the same penalty killing. I mean, they do the exact same stuff. They don't change. Now, obviously, as Todd said tonight, they cheated on the first one. They started thinking offense first. And and that wasn't just the two forwards. Uh, I believe it was Larson got caught going the wrong direction as well and they turn it over and all of a sudden here they come back the Blackhawks and score a goal and the other one was just a dumb penalty and and I know from experience you very rarely kill off the dumb ones right you you seem to, the ones that the big goals or the big penalties that someone saved something or a huge hit or something like that you seem to be able to kill those off but the dumb ones they bite you and it bit the Oilers tonight
1: yeah too many men what? And, and, and seven guys on the yeah, heads. they had two I, I, too and many. It men. wasn't close. No, uh, the nurse hold. Uh, I mean, as you would expect, drew some uh, drew some booze from from the crowd. There was a similar play where I think McDavid was yep. driving and got. And I mean, I, and
2: I agree. I, I thought it was a bad call. Yeah. It, it was. But a bad still,
1: call. I mean, there's always going to be those close ones, right? Yep. So you got to kill them off e- either way. Uh, the Oilers did. And the frustrating thing today is the Oilers get a power play goal to give themselves a one nothing lead. I mean, that's key. They'd applied a lot of pressure, couldn't quite get it done 5-on-5, five five, and you think, great, power play goal, they'll keep coming 5-on-5. Five five. They still lose the special teams battle, even though they went 1-for-2 on their power plays. Well, That's the that's now, the, like, the biggest theme of the year. Like, we like, okay, sure, we can still talk about, like, the one caller did. They don't have a winger that can fire it. Yeah, yeah you know, injuries will come and go, but that's been the one theme now, almost at the halfway point.
2: Well, and... The National Hockey League, if you want to boil it down to something very, very simple, specialty teams and goaltending. And tonight, the Oilers lost the specialty teams, and they lost the goaltender battle. Is Talbot played well, but the other goalie played better. So the, if you lose specialty teams and your goaltender isn't as good as the other team's goaltender, you do not win hockey games in the National Hockey League. And for most of the season... The Oilers' specialty teams has lost the night, and early in the year, the goaltenders weren't as strong. Talbot has played very well as of late, but the specialty teams are still letting them down.
1: Quick update on the advantage trailer rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Ducks do beat the Flames 2-1, and in the American Hockey League, Dylan Strom, Ryan's brother, gets the game-winner in overtime for Tucson, who beat the Oilers' farm team 5-4 in OT. Uh, uh, Tucson actually tied it with two goals in the last four minutes, so a dramatic finish.
2: Well, kind of a...
1: Slightly. slightly. The the Oilers affiliate loses, but it was the other team that rallied at the AHL anyway.
2: Uh, I mean, let's look at half-full. This was a game that it looked with five minutes to go in the game, four minutes to go in the game, that the Oilers were getting zero points. And it was a a very, very vocal, sad crowd at that point. The Oilers rallied. Rightfully so.
1: They they looked out of the game with nine minutes
2: left. Well, that that was the funniest thing about the the third period is the, the Chicago Blackhawks, that's the best they've played. Like, they dominated the third period. The Oilers couldn't get out of their own zone. Yeah. And yet, the Oilers somehow are able to come back and score two goals and get themselves a point. So, let's look at that positive going into Winnipeg's game on Sunday where the Oilers have an opportunity to finally beat the Winnipeg Jets this year.
1: We'll have that for you with the face-off show at 3.30, game at 5. You can get more on 630 jetcom Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Kane in overtime. Chicago takes it 4-3.